0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Charger Football Podcast hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dynan, and this week's special guest is senior defensive lineman Terrell Chapati Griffin. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School. Welcome to the sixth episode of the
1: Charger Football Podcast for the 2018 season. My name is Andy Dietrich, and when I'm not watching high school or college football, I'm a curriculum coordinator for Northwest Allen County Schools. Later in the podcast, you'll hear from head coach Doug Dynan and senior defensive lineman Terrell Griffin. I want to thank SummitCitySports.com for the use of their audio clips, and I especially want to thank our sponsor, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School Athletics. O.P.S., Rethink your limits. Last Friday night, the Undefeated Bishop Dwinger Saints visited the Dean Gorsuch Athletic Complex on the campus of Carroll High School. The Chargers gave the class 4A number 1 Saints all they could handle in a very competitive, hard-hitting game, but four turnovers by the Chargers proved to be insurmountable and the Saints prevailed 34 to 14. Carroll won the coin toss and in an unusual move chose to receive the opening kick rather than defer their choice to the second half. This opening drive lasted 13 plays that covered 71 yards and culminated with a four-yard TD pass from Gavin Vogt to Nathan Harrah to put the Chargers ahead
2: 7-0. Carroll's had the ball for almost five minutes on this opening position. It's at the five-yard line, third and goal. They're in four-down territory, no doubt about it, if they want to go for it on fourth down. Vote looking... Throwing into the end zone. Give that man six points. Nathan Hara, touchdown
1: Carroll Chargers. Dwinger's first drive of the night was also a long one at 15 plays, but the Saints were forced to turn it over on downs at the Charger 26. The fast-moving first quarter featured just a single drive by each team. On Carroll's second drive of the game, They again effectively moved the ball, but they came up empty on what would become a recurring theme of the game when Dwinger intercepted the football in the end zone. Midway through the second quarter, with Carroll still nursing a 7-0 lead, the OPS optimum performance of the game provided by SummitCitySports.com occurred when Dwinger fumbled on the Charger one-yard line, and it was recovered by none
2: other than Lincoln Lance to stymie a promising Saint scoring drive. Second down and four at the nine-yard line. Dwinger, nine yards away from tying this game. Tailback gets it up the middle, bounces it off the left side. That's a TJ Tipman. Still alive. He got close to the goal line. Did that ball come out? I thought I saw a bank. Did he throw his little baggy there?
0: Well, I did. I saw the same thing, a fumble.
2: And Carroll's got the football. I thought I saw a beanbag go in. Carroll recovers the fumble. And guess, folks, who got the fumble recovery? It's number eight, Lincoln Lance. The
1: Chargers were unable to move the ball out of the shadow of their own goalpost, and Dwinger scored their first touchdown of the game when they recovered a Carroll fumble in the end zone. The Saints missed the point after attempt, cutting the Charger lead to 7-6. to six. The Saints were able to score another touchdown with four seconds left in the first half to head into the locker room up 14-7. In the second half, the Saints got the ball first and took only six plays to score a touchdown to go up 21-7. After both teams traded punts, Carroll got back on the scoreboard on a 36-yard TD pass from Vote to Camden Childers to get the Chargers within 21-14.
2: Swanger leads 21-7, but Carroll is driving. First down at the 36. Play action. Vote wants it all. Childers, get that man six points. Fillively throw pass, both the Childers, and the Chargers
0: are back to within one touchdown. Well, you just kind of thought this would happen at some point. Getting Cam Childers down the field, the play-action play, which freezes the linebackers, also holds that safety. In the middle of the field to get Cam Childs with great speed in behind him on that post route. And what a just beautiful football there by Gavin Boat. Just picture perfect throw on the post route.
1: Early in the fourth quarter and down only a touchdown, the Chargers were able to gain a first and goal. But on third and goal, Dwinger intercepted Vote for the second time in the end zone to deny the game tying score. On the ensuing Dwinger drive, their big offensive line took them again on a long touchdown drive as they marched 80 yards to go up 28-14. Carroll responded with a 72-yard drive of their own, but it again ended in an interception in the end zone and the ball was returned past midfield. Swinger would score their final touchdown of the night one play later to make the final score 34-14. Carroll's four turnovers each occurred in the end zone to deny them the chance at victory. Even though the Chargers came out on the short end of the stick, there were still some standout performances. Quarterback Gavin Vote was 18 of 28 for 235 yards with two TDs and three interceptions. Backup quarterback Dylan Floyd was 5 of 6 for 55 yards when he filled in for an injured vote in the second quarter. Combine those two and the Chargers threw for nearly 300 yards. Rhett Saylor ran for 79 tough yards on 23 carries and Camden Childers had another 100 yards plus game with 102 yards on six catches with one TD. Nathan Hara also had six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. On defense, linebacker Maxton Green had seven tackles, whereas defensive lineman Wes Stevens had six tackles and one sack. Defensive lineman Larry Seibel also had a sack and four total tackles. The coming week is homecoming with the Southside Archers visiting Carroll High School on Friday night. And now it is time to hear from Charger head football coach Doug Dynan. Well, Coach Dynan... Tough loss on Friday, but welcome back to the program. And uh, how was the Saturday morning film study?
3: Again, thank thanks very much, Andy, for, for having us and, and doing this. This is a, a tremendous thing. You know that you know helps us recap and promote the program. Saturday is you know again it's it's very routine. You know in terms of you know looking at the previous game, looking at the next game, you know looking at all the exchanges. You know we looked at four games of Southside in preparation. You know, after evaluating the Dwinger game and, you know, typically what happens is, you know, as I've, I think I've said this before, but we evaluate every kid and every on every play you know, offensively and defensively and our offensive and defensive staff will stay separate and, and evaluate film, evaluate positions, evaluate plays, you know, and, and be be critical and be positive in, in all aspects of the game and play. And then we'll come together as an entire staff and, you know, talk about necessities, talk about the schedule of the week, uh, talk about the schedule, the the schedule in terms of the the daily practice schedule, things that we need, um, changes that must have have to happen, you know, talk about culture, you know, talk about things that are within the program that that are good, that are bad, uh, personnel, injuries, I mean, you name it, and we're going to cover each one of those topics. And then... You know, it also goes into Sunday and then, you know, we all work, you know, sometimes, you know, the defensive staff will kind of work remotely, you know, and, and do some game pay, game planning remotely. The offensive staff, the majority of us, you know, choose to, to work together and scheme things together and, and hash things out and decide game plans for the next week. But again, that, that routine, ness, you know, kind of, you know breeds a little bit of familiarity and breeds a little bit of comfort you know as to that transition from from the last friday night to the next friday night and really that's regardless if it's a win or a loss you know and as as we look back to, to last friday you know the, the things that we take away are again we've got opportunities we, we've got opportunities to win the ball game we've got opportunities to capitalize on scoring situations. And, and again, I'm not pointing the finger at one individual or one side of the ball, but bottom line is we, we cannot turn the ball over in red zone. We cannot turn the ball over, you know, in scoring opportunities where we could have had a field goal, but we don't have possession of the ball. You know, so we have three interceptions and we, we have a, a fumble that gives them a touchdown in their own end zone. That's a, That's a whole different game. And that's not to take anything away from Bishop Boinger, because one could say that they forced those interceptions, that they created the interceptions, and there's some validity to that. You know, their, their physicality of the play, they ran the ball extremely well. And, you know, I think that, you know, they had the Tippman kid who ran for a, about 197 yards, 200 yards, and, and that's a big night. That's a big night at any level. But if we capitalize on what we're doing, we you know that's, that's that's a different situation.
1: Yeah, the one thing that I noticed from the game was Dwinger has a very large offensive line. You know, not only the Tipman kid who's gonna to go to Wisconsin is big at 6'6 and a little bit over three hundred, but the right side of their offensive line is still in that two eighty, two seventy range. And even though they were able to, you know, run for over two hundred yards and they had a number of long, long drives. I really thought our defensive line and our defense overall did pretty well against that that physicality. I would hope that you were impressed with them as much as I well, was. Without question, I mean, I, from
3: from our defensive line played you know as hard and as tenacious and as well as they could, and then you know, and I could extend that to each level of our defense as well. Um, you know, without question, our offense did not put our defense in the best situations all night long, but our our defense is is playing hard, and that's what we ask. You know, you ask you ask kids to respond to situations you ask kids to you know answer those sudden changes when you're on the field after a turnover and you know two weeks in a row our defense has been on the field a good bit and in both situations i think that our defense has answered and our defensive line you know is has showed physicality has showed tenacity you know has showed improvement you know within those times and you know guys that that don't get highlighted you know like uh you know, like Edmund Johnston or Terrell Griffin, you know, those guys, just to, to mention a few, you know, those guys, you know, played extremely hard all night long.
1: Yeah, if you talk about defense, you know, Edmund had only three tackles, but he was kind of stuffing the line of scrimmage pretty effectively all, all night. And, of course, you know, Terrell Griffin, he had three tackles. He had to go up against the Big Ten player, and I thought he did really well. He actually got around on him a number of times. To put some pressure on the quarterback, that's not easy to do because when I was watching the game, I thought Tippman did very well on pass blocking, but Terrell used his quickness to get to the quarterback a couple of times. And then linebacker Maxon Green, he played really well. He had seven tackles. Yeah,
3: without question. Max, you know, as I said, Max probably had – you know, his best game of the year, you know, and as you said, at seven tackles. And, you know, those guys, they don't they don't get a lot of notoriety. You know, a couple other guys, you know, Larry Seibel, you know, coming back, you know, after being out for, for a few weeks with a concussion, uh, came back and, and played really hard. And I think he ended up with four or five tackles as well. And, you know, Wes Stevens, who plays defensive end for us, you know, is playing extremely well too, you know, and all, all those guys on the interior you know played, played really hard. Michael fretz is is playing with an ankle injury that you know could keep most of the guys off the field. and you know, but Michael showed you know great tenacity, great physicality, you know great courage to continue to play and and played in the
1: played on the game,
3: you know played in the game for the majority of the game with an ankle injury.
1: yeah, yeah, you know, Dwinger had four hundred and twenty nine total yards and three hundred and thirty of it on the ground. Uh, but even though those are pretty good numbers offensively, I don't think you can look at those numbers and really get a feel of how hard Dwinger had to work to get those yards. I mean, that Carroll defense really put up a good fight, and we should be very proud of them. You talk about Stevens and Seibel, each of those guys had a quarterback sack. So don't let the numbers fool you. It was a very close, hard-hitting game, and we gave the Saints everything they could handle.
3: And it and it does sound like a little bit of sour grapes, Andy, You know, but it's very true, you know, the. You know, looking at the stats, you know our, our kids played hard, you know, and they they tackled well and they they, you know, did a good job between tackle to tackle controlling the line of scrimmage. We've got to do a better job of of containing the perimeter. You know, again was was one of our areas of weakness. You know, we were allowing them to to contain to get outside of that edge immediately, but you know the physicality of the defense and the defense being on the field a good bit. You know, they showed great resolve. They they showed great teamwork. They showed great strength. And, and that's what we ask out of them. You know, the, the disappointing game and the thing or the disappointing point of the of the game is that, you know, the kids play to a level of expectation. They do. I mean, that's that's what that's what's desired out of them is that they play hard. They play fast. You know, they play with care and concern for each other. It, it wasn't, you know, the outcome that we desired. And that's the disappointing thing is that the kids do not get to enjoy, you know, the fruits of their labor. You know, and the one thing that we talked about after the game that that has to change is you look back and after five weeks and we're two and three and and each one of those three games, you know, we've said very similar things at the end of the game. You know, that we had opportunity, you know, we could have done this, we could have done that, but we did not achieve that outcome that we desired and and it comes back to the e plus r equals o equation and when your outcome is not what you desire the only way that you can fix that equation is to go back and change your your responses and so our responses throughout the week our responses you know at practice our responses you know in the way that we deal with you know situations within the week you
1: know have to change
3: and we have to be better
1: final score doesn't Tell a full story of the game, even though the final score is by far the most important stat. Dwyer had 22 first downs. We had 20. Uh, they had 429 total yards. We had 388. Time of possession was about even. We've really played pretty well. Just a few miscues here and there just kind of kept us from getting the victory that was was possible.
3: Let me elaborate on some some positives here and and some some toughness of some players that we're seeing out there as well. Uh, Gavin votes our quarterback, you know, obviously, and, and Gavin does a great job of extending the plays. And we and we have made emphasis of that in previous weeks of extending plays and making things happen when things break down. We saw that in the second half. He extended a play, made a big play, you know, big throw to, to Leighton Mitchell, you know, the result of a big play. Um, in the first half, trying to extend plays, trying to make things out of nothing when guys aren't open, put him into a couple of vulnerable situations. And he took some big hits. You know, he took a big hit, you know, from their inside linebacker, number thirty, who is a, a good football player and you know, and and took a shot right to the sternum. And, you know, obviously he's he's still feeling pain today. I mean he's he won't be out, you know, but but you know, he's, he's feeling it. He'll probably feel that further than remainder during the week and, and got hit again later on. Um, the, the toughness that Gavin showed was that he, he went out and Dylan Floyd came in, and Dylan did a, a tremendous job of, of maintaining the composure of the game. You know, this is a sophomore coming in with, with zero Friday night experience except in mop-up situations. Um, and Dylan did a great job. But Gavin's toughness coming back in the second half as, as he saw trainers at halftime, you know, as he, you know, went into the gym, literally picked up a football and determined, can I throw the ball? Can I perform in the second half to the level that is, necess- that is necessitated and, and came back out and played and played continually at a high level? And that toughness, you know, cannot go, you know, unmeasured. And the same thing for Rhett Saylor. You know, Rhett Saylor was out a week ago, you know, with a with an abdomen issue, and took a hit in the abdomen again, and you know, left the field for a time or two, came back to the game and and played with that. The same is for Micah Fretz. Micah Fretz is playing with an ankle injury and, and continued to play throughout the whole game, and you know, wouldn't come off the field in the second half, even though he is you know battling an ankle injury and. and you know, the point being that, you know, there, there's going to be times when you're banged up, you know, to when you're, then you're hurt that you don't feel good. And and that's the point of life that there's going to be times to when things are not all, you know, roses and sunshine and things are not always going as you want, that you have to face adversity and you have to battle through that adversity. And those guys showed that. and, And that's a, that's a great testament to their character, and
1: that's what we want. Exam- Being able to face adversity and overcome it with uh, you know that intestinal fortitude, I think as a coach, you find that even more important than the wins and losses, because in the grand scheme of things, a football program is designed to mold boys into young men.
3: Yeah, I think that athletics and it's not just football, you know, athletics, and, and we can extend this to the classroom too. You know, I think that athletics, you know, really puts people into situations to where, you know, they have to face discomfort. You know, they have to embrace, you know, the the, the situations that things are not always perfect. That things are difficult at times. That things are hard. Um, you know, and as we as we have said to kids many many times, you have to accept productive discomfort, and, and meaning that. That there is something they're going to be productively done, you know, and, and facing through, you know, whether it be bumps and bruises or, you know, being tired or, you know, having to push through, you know, to when you feel exhausted or you've got to go longer and faster and harder than you have previously, you know, the facing that, you know, that discomfort. And, and, battling through. And it also gives you, you know, uh, some positive feedback too, because when you get through to the other side and you realize I did it, you know, I did it and, and I didn't quit. And I, not only did I not quit, but I brought two or three guys along with me, you know, to, to be able to battle through that adversity as well. And that, that's probably the biggest lesson that, that we want kids to face in, in athletics is that, you know, things are not easy. There's going to be good times. There are going to be bad times, you know, and, and when you are willing, when you are capable and when you are, you know, able to share and lead others through those times that are hard, then then you've got an opportunity to be successful.
1: Well, that's a perfect place to pause because coming up after this message, we're going to hear from one of those leaders who has a tendency to pull others with him. When we talk to defensive lineman Terrell Griffin after this message from our sponsor,
0: OPS. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.OptimumPerformanceSports.com. OPS, rethink your limits.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It is my pleasure to introduce defensive lineman Terrell Griffin, one of the senior leaders on the defense. And you will probably know Terrell. He wears number 17, and he is quite animated when he makes the tackle of loss. So, T, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: I think the defense has played very well, with the exception of the Northrop game, where where the whole team came played kind of flat. The defense has played very aggressive. The defensive line has done a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage. The linebackers have been able to plug some holes, and the backside of the defense has played really well. But I've really been impressed with the quickness, the aggressiveness, and just the tenacity of the defensive line. Can can you talk about how you guys have have developed that this year?
4: Yeah, I really think overall our defense has kind of just gotten better every game outside of the Northrop game. But right now we're just kind of taking it game by game, slowly improving. And we got young guys stepping up too due to injuries here and there. But we're just kind of plugging them in because we have confidence in everybody on the defense and we're just going with that. And But with the D-line, um, yeah, we just focus on being aggressive because – we know that it starts with us. Same thing on offense. It starts with the linemen. So if we're great, then the defense will be great, and that's good for everybody.
1: I have noticed the depth that's developing myself. Wes Stevens has played really well. Larry Seibel is back. He played great the other night. Uh, your your, uh, your linebackers, Micah Fretz and Maxton Green, have been able to fill holes it is a surprisingly deep team. And it's not just you getting quarterback sacks, but Wes is getting quarterback sacks and and Seibel's getting some. And just just talk about how they the, the offense can't just key on one of you guys. They've got to be handling all three to four of you.
4: Well, yeah, before the season started and all the summer work we would put in, we kind of knew coming in that being at the D line position that we were gonna have depth this year. With all different types of guys. And really, with Wes, he's kind of improved a lot from his sophomore to his junior year. Even this summer, he kind of caught me off guard. I was telling the coaches, like, man, he's kind of, he's really improved. And him being able to step in and play the way that he's been playing, he's been playing very well. And with Cybel coming back, he played well too. But yeah, it just adds to our depth. Well, let's talk about you in particular.
1: You're off to a very strong senior season. You have 19 tackles. 11 of them for loss, and you're currently ranked as number 11 on the state stat leaders with six sacks. Talk about how, you know, as a freshman and sophomore, just being a beginner in this program to now being a senior defensive lineman who is really one of the state's best. Right, talk about that progression and your, your football growth.
4: Just working hard, really, um, and credit to the offensive linemen we've had at Carroll, too, because They've really helped me in practices and stuff like that, going against them. They've made me better. And really our offensive line now, Kobe and Reeve going against them, tackles. And Dargis, he was a big old lineman we had a couple years ago going against him when I was a younger guy. And kind of just going against them and just working on my craft and continuously just trying to get better. And not only for myself, but for the team. And really a reflection of my play on the field goes towards the guys that I line up next to. They all, they all, they all play well. They're all really good athletes too. And like you said before, you can't really key in on one of us. And defensively, our and offensively, but our coaches just put together great game plans, and we just go out there and execute it as a team. And the stats and stuff. I mean, yeah, they're cool, but really, we just want to win, and we want to go out there and play our hardest. So, last
1: Friday night, we played the uh, the Bishop Dwinger Saints, and it came up on the short end of the stick. Although I thought we played very, very well you in particular had to go up against their very big six six three fifteen 315 uh, offensive tackle who's going to go play at Wisconsin. That's a massive human being. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know what it was like to go against him because I thought you fared very well against him.
4: Yeah, um, a big thing all week that Coach McCurr and I talked about was really just trying to use my speed versus him and stay low because he's a big guy and – He's very strong, powerful, outweighs me and stuff like that. But it was just a great battle. It was a great battle all night. Great challenge for myself and for the team. But I felt like I handled him pretty well, you know, and we were, you know, going back and forth during the game, talking a little bit because we kind of know each other. But I thought it was a good challenge, good individual challenge. But yeah, he's a good player, really good player. He's probably going to do a lot of great things at Wisconsin. So, but yeah, it was, it was not, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, my best battle so far.
1: Well, I think you held up pretty well because that's a pretty good player. You've been in the program for four years and we've been lucky enough since, uh, coach Dinan has been with the program to have a, a continuity with the coaching staff. There's very little turnover. So you've gotten to know this coaching staff really well over your, your four years in the program, which coach is your favorite?
4: It has to be uh, Coach McCurr, my D-line coach. He's had to deal with me for four years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely Coach McCurr. He's laid back, good coach, puts all of us D-linemen in the right position, really knows us pretty well, and really just him. He's been helping get, get me better, and just having a, having our D-linemen play with the intensity that we do is just really a credit to him. He gets us fired up. He gets us going, and, yeah, just puts us in the right positions. So I definitely have to go coach McCurr, my D-line coach.
1: What have you gotten the most out of playing football for the Carroll Chargers?
4: Really, I'm going to say um, probably investing in other in the lives of others. Um, that's one of the core goals that we have at the, with the program that Coach Dynam really focuses on. And I would say um, <clears throat> just having a relationship or trying to have a relationship with everybody on the team, not just the people in your class, but you know, the other ones, the juniors, the sophomores and some of the freshmen and stuff like that. But I'm going to say, I would say probably investing in other people and kind of just being there for others as a team, as brothers and stuff like that.
1: You're the fifth player that we've interviewed for the program and all five of them have said something similar. And from my view in the press box, I have noticed this really strong chemistry in this team in particular. This might be the team with the best chemistry in the nine years of the Coach Dynan era. And that's on top of last year's team, which I thought, which had tremendous chemistry. So you've talked about those values. What else does the program do to help instill that that play and love for the brotherhood?
4: Another thing that um, Coach has really focused on is the I will mentality, not the we will mentality because he kind of, feels like if you go in with a we will mentality, then you're going to wait for somebody else to make the play versus if you go in with a I will mentality, you're going to have that hunger and that drive to make the play not only for yourself, but for your brothers. And that's kind of something that we've been focusing on this year. And that also leads into another core value that we have is believe. We got to believe most importantly, we got to believe in ourselves and the task at hand and also do our job, but also have that belief. That our brothers and people on the team are going to do their job as well. So really, just having the I will mentality. We believe.
1: I noticed that that is on the back of our helmet stripe. How long has that been on our uh, our helmets? Because I, I literally just noticed it this
4: week. I believe it was just put on this week for the game.
1: Right. Well, thanks for explaining that to me because I was wondering what that was there for. As a senior leader, you're setting an example for the freshmen and the sophomores and even for some of the juniors. Give us a feel for how you handle that as a person.
4: Um, I handle it well. Really, no matter what I'm doing on the field, in the classroom, out with my friends, I want to be looked at as that leader or that guy you can go to. So really, I just handle it well. I just want I want people to know that they can you know, follow me or believe in me or trust in me or come to me whenever they need something. and stuff like that. So I kind of handle it pretty well. So yeah, it kind of just comes natural to me in a way. I just want to be that leader.
1: Do you consider yourself more of a vocal leader or more of a leader who leads by example?
4: Both, but I would consider myself, I'm probably vocal more than anything because I can get, I, I can get people pretty fired up versus example. I mean, leading by example is great and all too, but I just feel like getting people fired up and ready to do something and Really, kind of giving them that that self confidence and belief is important too, and that's what I that's what I'd say was my strong suit when it comes to leadership.
1: This Friday night is homecoming, and it's your your last homecoming game as a Carroll Charger. What does playing homecoming with that big crowd and the pregame festivities and the postgame festivities? What does that mean to you as a member of our football team?
4: Well, really, it means a lot. The football team, we get a lot of support. Every home game, it's crazy. It's loud. There's so many people there. The fans are great. But the homecoming games, it's it's a whole nother level. It's great. It really, it's just you're just so energized. You have adrenaline, and you just want to go out there and put on a show for all the fans and the people that are coming back. That the former players that have played, and it's just something special. It's really something special, especially at Carroll. The big, with being a big school. Um, every all those people show up, and The crowd's going crazy. The Neon Nation's going crazy. So it's something special, especially with the, I believe we have fireworks after too. And last year, that was an experience I'll never forget after that game. Uh, The fireworks were going off and the team was just running around with the cheerleaders and kind of just having a great time. And it's something special. So I'm really going to soak it up and enjoy it as my last homecoming.
1: Good for you. You should. It is really a lot of fun. Your senior year is going to fly by. So when you graduate in June, what do you have planned after high school?
4: College-wise, nothing right now. I don't really know what college right now. But schooling-wise, um, something in probably business or marketing, and sports marketing, that kind of thing. Probably going that direction.
1: Well, I think some small college will snatch you up, and they're going to get a surprisingly good, surprisingly good player who's going to delight them. Uh, Terrell, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've only met you through the, through the football program, and you've always been a joy to talk to. And I know my son Kevin has always talked very highly of you, and your teammates have said nothing of good things about you. So you have been an asset to the Carroll Chargers football program, and, and I'm, I'm excited and pleased that I've got to watch you grow as a football player. And I can't wait to wait to see you play some more this season. So you keep working hard and have a great
4: season. Thank you. I appreciate that. Really means a lot. Go Chargers.
0: OPS Optimum Performance Sports is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.OptimumPerformanceSports.com. OPS, rethink your limits. Well, welcome back. Uh, in our final segment of the evening,
1: uh, we're going to talk about our next opponent, the Southside Archers, and this is a special week for us because it is homecoming week. So, uh, Coach. What should we look for when the Archers come to town? Well, first of all, Southside, you know, is, a, is an athletic football
3: team. You know, and they, they want to pass the ball. They're about 65% pass to 35% run. They're very athletic. You know, they run the field very well. They have not had a win. But if you look back at their first five opponents, you know, it's, it's very apparent, you know, to the teams that they have played. And they played a tough schedule at the beginning of the year. You know, but you know, the the less focus will be on South Side compared to more focus on what do we need to do to improve what we do. You know, the homecoming week itself is is an exciting week. You know, throughout the whole week, you know, there's themes throughout the school day, you know, there's color days, you know, there's there's this and that, you know, the Pending, and, and I hope that there isn't bad weather coming. But you know, pending that we've got good weather, you know, we started off with the skydivers, you know, coming in and bringing in the game ball, and you know, and the game's finished up with fireworks at the end, and you know, there's always a tremendous crowd at home. You know, so there, there's going to be energy, there's going to be enthusiasm, and, and the crowd is going to be tremendous throughout. And, and we're supportive to the Neon Nation, and all the parents, the administration that comes to help and support our program but as i said you know it's it's less emphasis on, least, honestly it's less emphasis on south side and more emphasis on how do we do things better and and i alluded to this earlier you know if we want bigger outcomes we want better outcomes we want to change our outcome you know we've got to change our responses we've got to change things we've got to we've got to change the way that we plan we've got to change the way that we work you know we've got to change the way that we interact with each other we've got to change our mindset You know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so that we are better prepared on Friday night. And and, and each of those things, you know, are all just a microcosm of of the culture. You know, because the leadership that we have, and we've got a good senior class, and and that tremendous leadership that we have, will dictate the culture that we have, and the the culture will dictate the, the the decision making and the hard work and the efforts by all involved. And so continually pushing others to be better within themselves to be better within your 20 square feet to make yourself better within your skill your craft your position and then only when we master those things can we be better with our relationship with others and you know honestly that that is our focus you know without question are we going to condition hard as we have done previous weeks yes You know, are we going to do things schematically, you know, as we have done previous weeks? Yes. But we want to be better. We want to take care of the football, you know, offensively, that's got to be a point of emphasis, you know, without question, you know, we've got to take care of the football. We've got to be efficient in the red zone. We've got to leave points on the board instead of giving the opponent the ball defensively. We've got to continue to play hard and they're doing that. We've got to continue to make tackles. We've got to continue to do do a nice job in the secondary with coverage You know, and and we've got to to create turnovers and special teams has got to play at a high level.
1: We talk about the turnovers have been a bugaboo the last two weeks. Uh, What are we going to do in practice this week to address that issue? You know, if you specifically want to talk about um, interceptions and and that's what it
3: was this last week. You know, we we do a drill where it's a a passing drill, where it's a seven on seven drill. And we, we break it down to two different ways. We break it down into the middle of the field when we are in the middle of the field, let's say the 50-yard the line or the minus 40-yard line, and we are moving the ball in the middle of the field situation. And that, that is different than if we move the ball to the red zone to the plus 15 or plus 10. And so we always break down our drills in those two different ways. You know, one, you have to have a different mindset than when you're in that red zone as to we are in field goal range. We got to take care of the football. We have a different mindset of extending plays when we're there, you know, as opposed to when we are at the 50 yard line. You know, and defensively, you know, the same is true. You know, that, that changes our coverage. You know, we might play a little bit looser in the middle of the field. We might play a little bit tighter when we're down in the red zone. And so, emphasis, and you know, we're going to continue to stress those things that we got to have emphasis on taking care of the ball and, and leaving ourselves in situation. You know, a cliche that I always have heard, and I think it's very true, that you always want to reserve the right to kick. Finish every drive with a kick. And if you do that, you think about every scenario that you have, you're going to do things positively. Even if that kick is a punt, you have determined field position for your opponent. But if you can finish with an extra point, you can finish with a field goal, you know, very positive.
1: Well, coach, you know, have a great week of practice. Enjoy all the, uh, the homecoming festivities. I know everybody's looking forward to the skydivers and the fireworks and and a big charger victory on Friday night. So have a great week of practice and we'll talk to you next week. Again,
3: thanks very much, Andy. This is a tremendous thing and we appreciate all that you do.
0: We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubyhusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, who along with OPS and the doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County schools. Go where the Chargers go.
1: I had a great thought in my head and I just lost it. So, all right, come back in thought. I've never heard that before. That's brilliant. you're a
3: genius. You're a bright dude. I can't
1: believe I have never heard that. I can't believe I've never heard that. I'm amazed. Oh, my gosh. Disappointed. I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. Oh, that's embarrassing. I might actually put that in as a little bonus clip there before because that was brilliant. I might have to put that on the wall somewhere. Every drive needs an end. Absolutely. I can't believe I've never heard heard that before. Boy, did that sound professional, huh? Yeah,
3: that was good. (laughs)